2: Let's face
3: it. Happy Sunday, everyone! Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It. We're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn.
1: And Alicia Brown.
3: How you doing, Alicia? I am wonderful. Tired, but wonderful. I feel like crap. Oh, are
1: you getting horrible. sinuses or allergies again? Or? I
3: don't know what I have. You know what I have? I have some inconsiderate clients. I have clients who oh. come to my shop who sit there in the corner shivering and sweating and shaking. And you say, what's oh. wrong? Are you sick? They say, no, it's just my sinuses. I told you sinuses got you when they're burning up, sweating, shivering. Well, and then they don't even take into stuff. consideration. <laughs> no, I'm like, ugh. Just to get your hair done. Are you serious? You know but, yeah, women do I'm, some
1: strange things for hair, honey? Yes, y'all
3: sure do. Yes, y'all sure do. Oh. Y'all yeah, do.
1: No, you did no, But
3: didn't. other than that, I'm doing fine. You know, good weekend. Um, okay. I've been sick the whole weekend. I've been in bed okay. trying to recover. But, yeah, okay. I'm here. I almost called in sick. But I said, you know, i no, <laughs> no,
1: you don't? No, you don't? Yes. You don't get no day off. What you tell me at the beginning of the show? You like Oprah? Never take yeah. a
3: day off. You're right. Okay, then right. you, you, so you don't get a day off. So, so you don't get a day. Thank you so So I have so my much. call, for my my um, what are these things called? My halls here. So I'll be Aww. fucking on the all show. Yeah, but how? What was the, What was the highlight of your weekend?
1: Wow. Um, there were many. There, there were oh, many. You? But, but you know. You such know. A full life. Yeah. <laughs> I think we both have such a full life. But, you know, the real blessing is just to see the way you're able to touch other people's lives. So I'm right. like, you know, when it's your passion, when it's your mission, you'll go, like I say, you know, a.k.a. you'll go for broke. If it means yeah. a little less sleep, a little inconvenience, it doesn't matter. Um, God, Will, I don't know. Um, I booked my first speaking engagement for 2017. I'm really? like, Wow. We really are ahead of our our game. I told you, last year, at the end of the year, I am streamlining. That streamlining and cutting back and learning to say no, it really worked, because it set the stage for 2016. So we've been on Jam ever since, just learn to say no. So um, I can't complain. Yeah, yeah, been working with some awesome people. But, you know, there's another highlight that we'll talk about when Caprice uh, joins our cast, because... um, yeah, I'm going to save that for a secret. Um, yeah. Are you serious?
3: Pr- pretty, okay, awesome. Well, pretty awesome. Pretty well, well, let's, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and bring them on then. Bring them on. Let's
1: bring them on, yes. <laughs> wonderful panel. How were your guys' weekends? It was wonderful. Busy, but wonderful. You, you know how that is, girl. <laughs> <laughs> know how that is.
2: Anytime I'm making money, then it's a good weekend. Hey. Hey, girl, you better say it. You know
3: it. Danielle. Danielle, I'm so proud of you. You are really doing it. I'm seeing oh. you posting things. I feel yeah, like my voice
2: is cool. kind of funky today, too, but um, oh, I'm still working. I'm, I'm um, do you I don't know if it's that or well? inconsiderate kids. You know, when you're on the oh, they just, just come in your it. face and could care less well. about. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's all good, you know. You do what you so, got to do. Thank you. <laughs> Tell <them>
1: thank you <laughs> Yeah, but
2: um, this past week me and Alicia went to a networking event
1: And I, I met some
2: individuals who needed support with their website So Saturday I supported two of those people that we met, Alicia
1: Made Woo-hoo. me a little bit of money Hallelujah So it's
2: always beautiful
1: Amen <laughs> I was laughing because I had two client invoices actually on the same day So I feel you, it's like, wait a minute mm-hmm. Money Yes, won't he do it? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you work and you get a check. Yes. Yeah. So how was everyone
3: else's the... weekend? Yes. Native sick. Boy,
4: it's Nate. always good to hear that people are doing well and like, it's just, you know, serving you apple cakes and lemons, you know, with lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> However, what
3: was that I've been
4: with lemonade here in this house drinking? You know. Just trying to figure out where am I going to go, you know, I've been sitting on the ledge in my window, just starting to jump, you know, and I just realized that I was on the third floor, so I wouldn't do much, but scuff up my shoes. You know, I am glad to be here tonight, you know, Mm. somebody ain't making well, but I made it. Now, I don't know about tomorrow, but I do know I made it today.
1: Oh god. Nathan, we love you. <laughs> there is nobody like Nathan Whitfield. I'm sorry. We love you. Helps
4: Thank you so much. Yes. Mm-mm-mm.
1: Now, what were you drinking? That's what I want to know.
4: Taquilla if it came I in a cold
1: bottle, cold. I drank it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well. All right. All right. Mm. Friends don't let friends drink alone. So next time, give me a call. But all right. <sighs> Oh, okay, damn, hallelujah. How was your weekend? How
5: video? was
4: your weekend? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of high and low. You know, I mean, I, I okay, It's not. I'm, I'm not trying to be the bearer of that. It's just like I feel like everyone else is sick. I'm just like, what what is going on? So, I mean, I know you heard that I was complaining about this pain that I've been in for like the past month. And it's like it's still here and it's not going away and it's like slightly depressing. So it's like oh. what to do, do. However, um, you know, I have you know, a brother gotta push through. So yes. either way, you know, I mean I've been to New York, that's why I missed the show last weekend. Um, you know, this weekend um starts the MLK celebration, so I've been busy with that oh, today a little bit. They started off the gospel fest, that was really nice. Tomorrow is the breakfast in the morning, and then Malcolm X's daughters are coming to the university, and they're both speaking um, with okay. the two universities, which is my alumni, um, and Wake Forest, which is a PWI. So the HBCU and the PWI come together. Where um yeah, so you go to so Wake, Wake Forest? No, I graduated from Winston-Salem State. Wake Forest and Winston-Salem State come together once a year for MLK, and they put on a joint a joint um, Martin Luther King celebration So that's what oh. they're doing So so every United other year Oh Okay Next <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I, I can't with y'all too
6: um,
1: Well You know she helped us start off the year By telling us about the power Of intimate conversations So we should think of a better person To invite back as a special co-host on tonight's episode about sex and relationships. So joining us is no other than life coach and author of the book, Intimate Conversations with Women, Caprice Elmore. And how are you doing tonight, Caprice? Hey, everybody. I am very wonderful tonight.
7: Hey. I am doing good. Yeah. I'm excited,
1: excited, and I am doing good. Well, we're excited to have you back. And I want to tell our listeners, I had the experience, you know, I love the book, but I actually had the experience last night of the intimate conversation parties that she actually hosts. And I'm telling you, there were not words to describe what you did and what atmosphere you set for that small group of women.
7: Thank you, thank you. Girl, we didn't want to leave. I know, leave. but uh, my husband kept looking at his watch like, uh, <laughs> okay, now I know the five, hour. <laughs> five, it's 8 o'clock. It's like, okay, what's going on now? You got but to go. yeah, <laughs> it But, yeah, it was good. But I want to tell you a little about my weekend. You I don't really know if ever anybody ever been to – I went to a home-going service on Saturday. Now, this home mm-hmm. going service is nothing like I've seen before. Um, it's my first time at this church. It's called, I think it's United House mm-hmm. of Prayer. Mm-hmm. And if anybody ever been to that church, oh my God, it was like I was at either the Mardi Gras or home going service. Yes, they have a band there that is out of this world. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, it was just. Uh, it was just something to see. It was just something to see. The home-going service was was really good.
3: Oh. Wow. Because they're, they're like that, moder- that Mardi Gras feel, I heard. Like yeah, the home-going church, thing they Street. do.
7: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. the huh. Yeah,
3: church in yes. Prince of Fain, I think, something mm. like
7: that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I yes. went to
3: one of them uh, years ago, and they, they have like that Mardi Gras um, feel, that New Orleans home-going Oh. Um atmosphere. Like a big party type thing, yeah.
7: Exactly. That's exactly what yeah. it was.
3: It was good. Yeah. Okay. It was good. well
2: yeah. I guess
3: if, exactly.
7: you die, if
1: you die um <laughs> you wanna go in style. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Alicia. <laughs> I'm just saying 'cause y'all know when Alicia's funeral comes. It's gonna be like a twenty four to forty eight hour um gospel fest. I just want y'all to be singing, because every song is my song. So I just want okay. y'all to have all the selection, the top 200 songs of her favorites, and just sing all day, all night.
3: We're going to put it in the casket with you.
1: <laughs> you see, you would do like that too. You, you would, too. Be like, oh, she want her top 200 songs? Here go the CD, baby. Go and put yeah, it in put the casket. We're going to move on and get some chicken. You yeah. would do that. I know you would. See, that's why you're in charge of nothing
2: I love with that. my
1: arrangements. <laughs> mm-hmm, whatever. But before we go and interview all of our tonight's expert guests and have intimate conversations of another kind, we're going to open the floor for a few tabletop discussions. So the phone lines are open, one seven one three nine five five zero seven nine three. 955 793 And again, you can feel free to press 1 if you want to be part of the conversation.
3: Yeah. Okay. I think,
1: Will, you have a interesting issue.
3: Yeah, I do. So, you know, this week they announced the Oscars. And, you know, to what what, it really wasn't to my surprise, but to a lot of people's surprise, there were really no African Americans that were um, nominated. This is the second year in a row that were nominated for Best Actor, Best Actress, um, Best Supporting Actor, or Best Supporting Actress. Um, So a lot of people have been, you know, on Twitter, on social media, with the hashtag um, OscarsSoWhite. For one person in particular, Jada Pinkett Smith, she said, um, at the Oscars, people of color are always welcome to give out awards, even entertain, but we are rarely recognized for our artistic accomplishments. She also Mm. said, should people of color refrain from participating altogether? She also added that people can only treat us in a way in which we allow, and with much Mm. respect in the midst of um, deep disappointment, she signed her name. So I want to know, does she have a point, are the Oscars showing any type of discrimination, or is it valid? And I really wanted to ask Nate, because um, he and I had had a conversation, which he really made to me some valid points. So, Nate, can you explain, number one, why you feel there are no black actors or actresses um, nominated? Ladies and gentlemen,
4: we can't act.
3: <laughs>
4: Nate. You're going to have to elaborate. Yeah. acting come from this place of school or what we're taught. If you ever notice when you act, it, it's supposed to come off as natural and as real, but we always look like we're acting. So oh. that's why we don't... And you're
3: saying even school. some of our greats, like Denzel. Even some of
4: our greats. Denzel. Okay. Denzel always do the same. Edgel, I don't agree with that. Always the same. Uh, uh, I can't co cool. sign
7: so that.
3: Now, there and are you know a lot what? Of people that care I'm going to back him up I'm going to back him up I was looking that. at movies I bought this box this weekend it's a, it's a illegal, don't tell nobody it's an illegal box but I can get all the movies well. so I was watching the movies so and I was looking and I was like OMG these white actors are really killing it like Kate Blanchett I, mean, really? I was looking and I was into her character because she was so unbeliev she was so believable and then I was watching some mm-hmm. of our greats like Angela Bassett. I was watching um, Denzel. I was watching some. Of the, I mean, even um, what's the new, what's the girl name? Um, the one from How to Get Away with Murder. Um, Viola no, Davis. Viola Davis. Very good actress, but she comes acting. across as acting.
4: As she. And I was acting. like,
3: well, maybe they have something. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, maybe Nate is right. Maybe it's because we really am right. we're good. We have some good people, mm-hmm. but I we, agree. Okay. Um, uh,
4: let me let me hear I, it. I don't agree with that. I, let I, me hear it. Ooh, ooh, this is really burning me up. I can't believe that you are <laughs> saying this. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I am appalled. Like, if I had pearls on right now, I would clutch them, and they would be all <laughs> Oh, how, how disrespectful. Are you serious? What mm-hmm. I'm very serious. Oh, wow. Not saying that they
3: cannot act. Baby, I do
4: That's the I, problem.
3: I think they're active just skills. acting too you know,
1: old. Okay, You're okay, saying they can't okay, act. I,
4: okay, I'm, the level of our acting skills do not go even care. fit on
1: the level of just
4: A generational thing. Maybe it's a generational thing. Uh-uh, maybe the younger, maybe maybe the younger ones that's coming up maybe are not really, you know, they're not really mentored. But these but they're, they're modeling things? after the older ones. No, I can't tell. I can't tell because have you looked at that show off on own that one that Tyler Perry is doing? Oh, okay. Now that's terrible. But, uh, but that is God that, that shouldn't so, okay, <laughs> should even be on the air. Okay, that shouldn't even be on the air. Now we keeping it real now because but but the storyline <laughs> is amazing. But those d list actors and actresses that he has on there are you know you know those are no good. But we're talking uh, about. But the see, Elizabeth you know old, what's so funny? Can I just say this right quick? Okay. Do you know what's so funny? White people don't consider themselves as D-listers or C-listers or E-listers. That's the chit list circle that we do. <sighs> mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Oh, because I'm That's not true. You. that's, not true. But that's I've, why I've heard we have several, to. I've heard, I've heard several white actresses put them on themselves on that level. If you hear some yes. of the ones that we don't see in a while... I've seen them. What is that comedian with the red hair? The Griffin lady. Kathy Griffin. She, oh yeah, she got Kathy always Griffin. Says D-list. She That's her place to fame. She, she, she named her show. She named her show that. But at the end of the day, she yes. end up the being an A actress. Act. Well, of course she can, but she considered yes. herself D list or D list. But, but I think she's a she, great actress because that's a persona that she's given. Because people don't, because she's so... So, what do you think that we need to do? Do you think we need to get better scholarships so that we can get better schooling? And I don't yeah. think it's school. I think it's a place of acting where it it resonates in you. It, it's the way you learn your character. Because I tell people all the time, when, I, when I'm when i asked to be in plays, Will can tell you, I'd be like, huh, what, why? I am horrible. Well, of I song, But, but, but... but but the thing about it is I have met some actresses in person, and to meet their personality in person and who they really are and to see them on TV, if they can actually put themselves in that character at the time, I think that's good acting. And, and it is believable. But then that's what they need to do. It's supposed to come from a place they're... of naturalism. It's supposed to just be natural and real. But when we get on, even Carrie Washington, she do everything.
7: Well, I make the difference. I, 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 I think I... that... We Whatever. have been excellent actresses <laughs> since
5: mm-hmm. Roots.
7: Uh, because you right, anytime LeVar Burton, Burton and Cicely Tyson can play those characters,
6: yes, they play were the really mama.
7: acting. They were really acting. And I feel mm-hmm. like we pay our dues in this um, this uh, actress and act- actors club, the Gills Club, that they, they have to pay their dues in. And we and pay and our dues just like they do. Exactly,
4: but I'm going to take it back back to the mentorship. I think that we don't mentor each other like we should. They mentor Mm. each other. The the, the white community mentors their people. They make sure that you're going to be the best actress that you need to be. We sit back and we say, oh, she's not no good. Ooh, I'm not watching that show. And then we laugh about it and we mock about it, but why are we not helping them out and showing them the way? We just want to let them fail so that we can talk about them and say, oh, they're not worthy of an oscar. Yeah, right. If we if we actually step up and be leaders and show them how to do that, then maybe they will become that. But well, I think they're doing a hell of a job. To me. I think they're doing a really good job.
3: Who do you, who's your favorite actress, Jay? Oh
4: god. Flash.
3: Flash. Really? Anybody, Older anybody new. just give me a good name. Give me a
4: name. Oh my god. Di- Diane Carroll would be like, oh, like, yes, the woman okay. is like the best. Now I would, I would like, agree with that. Oh really? Oh really? You want to jump yeah. on my bandwagon now? I, okay. I love um, her. <laughs> oh, oh, so, so Nate, but you would put Diane Carroll next to Merle but, Street. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I would. But absolutely. let's go back to this. Diane well, Carroll. says yeah. she's a white woman.
3: I'm not talking Probably about what, what's in her head. I'm talking about her acting ability because they're both in the same pretty much era.
4: Well, no, you wouldn't put Baby her against those she, You crazy. When she was in Dynasty, she ruled that show. Oh, you mm-hmm. think?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You better oh, ask that was the worst Well, that was extra TV.
3: Part. That wasn't supposed but, to be but, this big in life TV. But, but,
4: but let's go back to the people who are really not actresses that really can act. Patty LaBelle is an amazing actress. I don't, oh. I, I think she is. Say your services are no longer needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh, I think what? I, I think Patti LaBelle is an outstanding actress. I mean, she has done movies. She's done TV shows. She's even been on Broadway. So that shows versatility, and the woman still can sing at 70-some years old. So, I mean,
3: uh-huh.
4: how can you take some... I mean, no, she hasn't done any... She hasn't been given any type of script that's Oscar-worthy. But I mean... Mm-hmm. I mean she won't. Whitney Houston <laughs> was a great actress, too. She needs to
7: stick to
4: singing. When, okay, when you call me on my private Di- line. Diana Ross is another one. She's a great actor. Oh. Hey, please call me. Call me, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I got
7: to get you a chance of medication. When Pat LaBelle was playing Dwayne Wayne, Mother, in oh, a different world, uh-uh, she was <laughs> not good. She needs to stick to
4: singing.
7: Are you, oh.
4: Are
7: you When LaBelle oh
4: played any role, me. The prince, I know that wasn't you. <laughs> you know
3: what? Every girl. I got something this I think we could all this agree on. This is hilarious.
4: Mm-hmm. I got Y'all me. would be
3: perfect for the Soul Train Awards. Pick the Soul Train <laughs> But I
7: did, I, like I did like her pie, though. I did like her pie. Girl, I, oh, I didn't about it by my myself.
3: I bet you did. Yep. Yeah, this is why. <laughs> I have mm. something
1: that I think we could all agree on. Something on a more lighter note. What? Woo! I just want to throw in some things I learned from social media and get the castaway okay. in on it. Okay. You know, I'm all about you making money creatively and legally, but some of these suggestions I'm feeling a little way about. Um, the topic on Facebook was making money by selling your body parts. Okay. One way, it was the top five ways, you know, one way was sell your blood plasma. The payout is $20 to $50 per donation. Seen okay. people do that before. Uh-huh. Of course, yep. we know uh-huh. human plasma has enzymes, proteins, antibodies, and used to create therapies that will treat people with autoimmune diseases, burn victims, and clotting disorders. So you know, the uh-huh. second one though is to donate your reproductive cells. The payout for eggs is five to ten thousand per donation. The payout for sperm is thirty to two hundred dollars per, per donation.
3: Oh, that's sad. Um,
1: well, no, because actually, men can donate several times so you know
3: per day yours can I mean, add oh too, my gosh okay.
1: Even though you would have a lot to to catch up. But right.
4: every
1: Only hour. <laughs> hour three you can't you can't donate quite that frequently but okay. Number Thank three, you three We all know, every we all minutes, know lazy people that probably do this for free so they might want to listen so you can give them this information. Lay in bed for seventy days straight, the payoff is eighteen thousand dollars because NASA uses this procedure to simulate some of the changes that occur in an astronaut's body when they go through space. So they will pay you $18,000 to stay in bed for 70 days for 24 hours a day. No, I have another. This is another category of people that we do know that probably need to sign up for this. You can enroll in psychological experiments. The payout will vary based on the program, but experiments that examine your behavior, brain function, um, you know, different things. But number five, this is the one that had me just like, huh, and i got to know if men would do this. Donate a testicle. If you donate your testicle, the payout is $35,000. Now, on an episode of Extreme Cheatscape. A Las Vegas man figured out a way to make some money was by signing up for medical trials. And he saved himself more than $750. But that inspired him to take it a step further. He agreed to donate one of his testicles. And what they did was they replaced an artificial one and paid him 35000 Now, he used that money, as reported, to purchase a Nissan 370Z. So, hmm I so want to you, know.
3: Would you get twice if you get both
1: of them? I don't think they'll let you get both.
5: Because right. as
1: cheap as he was, he probably would donate both if that was the option. So, and somebody just typed in, he gave up a nut for a car. So, yeah. to the male <laughs> cast members. Yeah. Somebody typed that in. I just read the screen. Would you ever donate your testicles for 35000 And for the female cast members, would you ever donate your eggs or ovaries?
4: Um, well, before yeah. everyone yeah. answer, I would just like to let everyone know that I also offer a program. That for two to $300 a night, you can come out on the streets with me. <laughs> okay. Oh, I did not know you were a gentleman of the hour. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a I minute. knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. Now, now is it guaranteed three hundred a night, or how does that work? So a that's no, hard
4: That's startup. It depends no, on how
1: how flexible you are. Oh, God.
4: No, how long you
1: Don't start out there, Nate. Unless you got some specifications for people that might be interested. You got to give job descriptions. I'm just saying. Oh my gosh. I won't be <laughs>
5: applying.
1: Oh, oh father. <laughs> Um, really, for the male cast members, would you donate your testicles for thirty-five thousand? No, baby, no, I can't do it. What is it for? I can't, I can't do
3: it. It's,
4: I'm not, I, 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 I really do don't
3: it. know what they're for. Sweetie,
4: oh, my Lord. Lord. Uh, uh, Will Will, I need to take you back to health class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, they, they, they 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 actually do more than just produce baby juice. It's just they oh. they control they control a lot of things. In the body, I can't be with y'all you know. tonight. I just can't. So, so will the, the artificial
3: one mimic the real one?
1: No, they
4: just said they, they just... <laughs> or is it just, just a space there. holder? They don't, they, it's just a space <laughs> holder. A space they just holder. Ha- yeah. they just dangle. You can you can make them as big as you want to. It doesn't matter. Lord. Because I know someone... Hold up. Let's just calm down because I know someone who has testicle cancer. And he had oh. to get both of them removed. And because Does of he look that, different. He's a, yeah, because wow. he's he got hormones all the rest of his life because he they produce
3: Oh, I don't want no more of that. Mm mm. Hey, just the baby thing, My baby time is almost up, and I would gladly see if they wanted. Well, both of them. I, I
4: don't. I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't your wow. children, but still, I don't want them to disappear. Oh
3: wow. Well, you know. I can think okay. of some well, nice
4: love, Cut. Well, 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 sir, I'm not RuPaul, so I don't want to be a drag queen. So I think I, I want my testosterone. Oh my! Oh my. I, probably, um, I probably already have a little bit too much estrogen as it is, but it's okay. For mm-hmm. well, the female <laughs> cast members,
7: would you
8: donate I your do. eggs? No, I'm not interested in donating my no. eggs. I
7: I have to hold on to them. No, I have two daughters. I don't need somebody else walking around there with my personality. I'm good.
2: hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got yeah, enough kids leery. running around now. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord.
1: I'm a little leery. <laughs> because well, just, like, you know. Um, it's a lot of money, but my thing is again, I mean, that's your half your DNA and a child and I don't know what you're doing with that child. You know, I just couldn't see a part of me out there.
3: Well how old some of y'all, is it? Some of them eggs raw and they y'all just need to scramble. What's,
4: what's oh, like...
3: the eggs up. Like well, happy somebody well. want them. Well in that
1: case why don't we give up your testicle too, okay?
3: <laughs> I just told you if you can simulate it with the fake one, you can have it. I'm oh, just okay. eating the big thing. You can take a little. Okay, I mean, but well, we, we, we need to take we, you and get are, this done so I get my thirty-five. Hallelujah!
4: That would be no fun. That would be no fun. Why would you want to remove him? What is wrong with you? It would be fun when I'd be because that's not, that's nine that's nine not nine. the most
3: interesting thing down there. Yeah, but oh, we can go wrong? What
4: is hey, something I am, happening? I, I am sorry. I find that very interesting. So. Okay. That's why some y'all single
3: now because y'all
4: don't. Know what I'm <laughs>
1: No well you know what I think on that very interesting note We need to go to commercial yeah. Hallelujah I, take
3: a commercial? I think okay. it's time
1: For a very quick commercial And All we'll right. come back and discuss God only knows what But
2: yeah We're going to take a quick
1: commercial And then we're going to be right
2: back We'll
1: be Bye. back
0: Kaya weighed just one pound, one ounce at birth and endured a grueling 163 days in the hospital. Thanks to research funded by the March of Dimes, Kaya survived premature birth, the number one killer of babies in the United States. The birth of a child is supposed to be a joyful event, yet each year about 380,000 babies like Kaya are born too soon. And many have serious health problems that can last a lifetime, but you can change that. Join 3 million friends, families, and colleagues in more than 500 communities across the nation in March for Babies. The money we raise is so important in fighting premature birth and other life-threatening challenges that newborns face. We're supporting research and programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Sign up, join a team, and start fundraising today at MarchForBabies.org. Together, we can fight premature birth
4: health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality, and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? Well, look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com
8: and complete the appropriate contact form for more
0: information. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having four number one albums 1 and 100 million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy Awards, 1 and 1.4 million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism, 1 and 68. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. science Autism Speaks, it's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
3: Welcome back to Let's Face It. So when we left for commercial, we were really having a good time with the hot (laughs) topics. I think Nate had something that he wanted to talk about that was in the news right about now, Mr. Whitfield.
1: Lord have mercy.
4: (laughs) Yes, now this one I didn't understand. Mm. Camille Rice's mom called it quits. Uh, called it quite sad that LeBron James won't speak out about her son. Now she is a mother whose son was killed by the police, who believed he was carrying a gun, but she says that LeBron James won't speak out about it. And a grand jury fa- were, was failing to indict the two cops who had who he was in an encounter with on last month and left her life, you know, really upset. But LeBron James said. He didn't understand what was going on, so he don't really understand why she wants him to speak out against something that, you know, he have no idea about. So I wanted to ask you guys, do you think because he's a celebrity or this famous basketball player, because of such of a story that's in his hometown, should he speak out about the issue? Mm. No.
7: No, he has no obligation to speak out about it. He has nothing to do with that. Uh He's not the mayor. He's not the mayor. He is a basketball
2: player.
4: Exactly.
2: I I think I I would see where she was coming from if he actually spoke out about these issues before. But I can't recall ever seeing him speak about any kind of issues related um, to her issue with her son. I understand where she's coming from where she wants. Him to to make a statement so people who follow him will get on board to support her, but I don't think um, that he's required or she should even expect him to do such a thing because he hasn't exactly. even done that previously for any case even similar to her case.
7: Well, I guess he. I think he gave an unspoken, um, an unspoken gesture when he put the hoodie on. And mm-hmm. he had the basketball team doing the hoodies, mm-hmm. and he had the the thing like that, so I think she's saying she wants her son to have the same type of well, I'm dating myself clout that's what we should call it back then clout like um tomorrow like like he did with the hoodies, so give her son exactly. a little bit of limelight since you you know you spoke out of, against that. So I think that's what she's saying. I, my son deserves the same thing. You spoke out about the hoodies, so speak out about my son. And it's in your hometown. That's the least you can do. But I feel he has no obligation to speak out of it. And he was right. He said I wasn't following it, so I mm-hmm. can't really exactly. speak out something I wasn't following. That you don't know. But about. with the, the yeah. hoodie thing, it was really big. The hoodie thing was yeah. really big. So.
5: Yeah. Then it was a and, movement. Mm-hmm.
4: That's why? Yeah. It brings a different think, audience to his brand, I think. Too, it just brings a different audience to his brand, and uh, sometimes you have to be careful about what you touch in the media.
1: And I don't think yeah. you can mandate. Um, I understand that you know celebrities have their pull with them, and all of that. But my thing is, you can't mandate that they stand up for social causes. You know, it doesn't. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what their fan following is or all of those things yes it would be great for you to lend support but that doesn't mean that it's mandatory that they lend their name to each situation each case each whatever um so you know i understand he wore the hoodie that was a nice gesture the whole team wore it but you know you can't make him stand up Mm -hmm. and you know be pro your son i mean in that case why not all the other cases that have a lot of
4: cases you know even though brutality, police brutality should not happen, but there are right. a lot of things that we do that cause it to happen. You know, you shouldn't ever kill anyone. But, right. you know, at the same time, if they're thinking he had a gun and he did have a gun and LeBron James stand up against it, then that's his brand. You know what I'm saying? You know, because right. he's standing up for something that he really didn't know what was going on when it, in fact, the boy was the one who agitated the police officers to do officers mm-hmm. to do whatever, you know. So I, I commend him for, you know, t- saying that you know I don't know anything about this case, you know. So
1: okay, well, yeah. you know, I think our next guest is in the studio, and we're going to yes, bring her on. Yes, yes, yes. Well,
7: as you know, I'm your special co-host and life coach, Caprice Elmore, and the best way to introduce our next guest is with her own words.
8: So when I met my husband, I thought this is it. I finally found my one true love. We got married. And we had an incredible, amazing life. We realized we actually did want to start having a family. And then I got pregnant. Once I got pregnant, I thought my life is complete. My fairy tale ending is done. I am like ready to just live the happy life. But intuitively I knew something was wrong. It was three o'clock in the morning. I was eight months pregnant. And I found out he was having an affair and my world came crashing down. After my daughter was born, I was coming off IVF drugs. I was still injecting myself with heparin. I was going through postpartum depression on top of regular depression. I had no job, I had no life, I had no friends. I had nobody to turn to. I woke up one day and realized that I had to stop fixating on the relationship and I needed to start focusing on myself. It was a choice of finding a way to find myself again. And I went on that journey, and I went on that journey for five years. The purpose of this book is to look at breakups differently, to not be the victim, but to use this as an opportunity to grow into a more fabulous, amazing you. He did me a huge favor. I would not be the person I am today if I didn't have the experience that I had.
7: Wow. What an introduction. Everyone, help me welcome to the studio award winning author of He Did You a Favor, screenwriter, speaker, and life coach, Deborah Rogers. Deborah, how are you doing this evening?
8: I'm great. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I am doing wonderful.
7: Welcome, welcome to Let's Face It Radio. That was a wonderful clip.
8: Oh, yeah. I didn't know you guys were going to play that, so that was fabulous.
7: Yes. Well, after hearing all that you went through, what inspired you to not remain quiet and write, He Did You a Favor?
8: Well, after I went through the five-year journey, I started telling my story. And it started spreading to other women who were going through breakups. And women would come to me and say, how did you do it? Or can you call my friend or my sister? And can you just talk to her on the phone and tell her how you did it? And so it just snowballed and came to a point where I said, I have to write this book. I have to write He Did You a Favor to... Inspire and empower women to create a better relationship with themselves, and to attract better relationships with others. And I'm living proof. I'm the one. I, you know, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt.
7: <laughs> wow! Because it says he did you a favor. A lot of times people break up to make up, but when you break up, that actually is a favor. What type of advice would you give to people that's having a breakup that? It may be life, it may deserve you, may help you deserve.
8: The first thing is to see your breakup as a blessing. Mm. There's a reason. The relationship wasn't working. If it was, you'd still be together. So to find the favor in it, the first thing is to make a choice. Are you going to be empowered by the situation or disempowered? What benefit can you get from it? What can you learn from it? How can you grow from it? How can you make a better choice next time? These are questions, and these are all in He Did You a Favor, and it takes you from the breakup all the way to dating again. So it goes through the whole arc, and it also has other women's stories in there, incredible stories, humorous stories, and heartbreaking stories, and My heart and soul just went into this book, and it's just been such a gift that I've given to women, and it's been such an amazing journey. Um, But the first thing is to make a choice. Do you want to be empowered by your situation or disempowered, and then moving forward from there?
2: Deborah, this is Danielle, and, and I agree. Definitely you need to make a choice. I, but what advice would you give to someone who has been in a relationship, they're ending the relationship, maybe they've been in this relationship for years, so so now that they're breaking up, they have this fear of, how do I start dating again? What kind of advice would you give to someone?
8: Well, first of all, you have to focus on yourself. So getting back in the dating pool is rebound uh, situations a lot of times. The the greatest thing that I did was I took time to find out who I was again. Who am I? What makes me happy? What do I want in my life? What do I want personally? What do I want professionally? And what do I want in a man? There are so many factors to to look at. And the key thing is focus on yourself. But... Once you're ready (laughs) to get back in that dating pool again, first of all, feel the fear and do it anyway.
5: Mm -hmm.
8: I have so many women friends that when I mention starting dating again, they're like, oh, oh, (laughs) like it's like this huge burden. Mm
7: -hmm. Why do I
8: have to do this? And when you go into dating, it's more about look, the more you do it, the more you are going to know what you want and what you don't want on, in a relationship. I have a ebook I'm working on right now, Your Bad Date, Did You a Favor? And it's <laughs> oh, all wow. about just meeting people, exploring, finding out what you want and what you don't want. And I'm a big advocate also for dating against type because it's what I did oh. and now I'm engaged.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. did. Hi, Deborah. This is Nathaniel. How are you?
8: I'm good. How are you? I, you guys rock by I, the way. I came in I'm in a very now. interesting conversation <laughs>
4: i'm just I'm just saying so far, you are just giving me all the information that I need. I might need you as my personal life coach when it comes to this kind of stuff. So
8: <laughs> awesome. I'm writing the guy's book right now, so I am totally in tune on both sides oh,
4: I'm ready to I'm ready. So some advice. How can you remain friends with an ex that has betrayed you or cheated on you?
8: That's a great question. The first thing, first of all, not everybody can be friends with their ex. I -hmm. made the choice to be friends with my ex because I have a daughter, and I wanted to try and see if I could do it. Um, The first thing is you have to let go of who you were with that person, and you have to reestablish a relationship as a friendship. It helps, were you friends before you dated? It would be reconnecting with that friendship part of the relationship. And, of course, it doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway, because you cannot be in love with this person anymore. You cannot have that emotional attachment to them. You have to be able to be okay with them dating other people. And there is a chapter in He Did You a Favor. It takes you through all the steps, and it will tell you, are you ready? Do you need to hold off? Or maybe you're gonna have to you're gonna have to live with maybe you're not gonna be able to be friends with this person.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm
4: taking I'm i t- I'm taking all these notes.
1: <laughs> yes. Very good information. <laughs> and this is Alicia Deborah. Wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get out of your head and clean out the junk that's clouding your thoughts?
8: Well, I call it cleaning out your mental closet
1: mm-hmm. and
8: it's it's pretty you know extensive but the the basic part of it is it's about getting rid of those old worn out thoughts or labels that have been attached to yourself since you were a kid or that a you know a teacher said to you or a parent said to you or something that someone labeled you as that you really aren't. It's those feelings of, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, whatever those things are. And it's about purging those thoughts from your head. It's like cleaning out your closet, all that worn out stuff that doesn't fit you anymore. Those old clothes that you wore when you were a kid, they, they just don't fit with the person that you're becoming. So it's about purging those and then filling that closet up with the well first of all looking at the, what's left what is left what what is good about yourself say think about you know i am kind i am generous i am thoughtful i am creative whatever those things are and then bringing those into the to your mental closet and whatever you need to do with that write them down look at them every day, wear them every day, and start adopting a new way of being. And that's what I did. Um, you know, we all know in relationships so many times they bring out the worst in us as well as the best in us, and the bad ones do bring out the worst in us or bring out in our, our insecurities. So cleaning out your mental closet closet is all about getting back to who you are, getting back to the best of you. Mm,
1: Good,
7: good. Deborah, you are so right. You are so right. So basically I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think I am. That's basically the way it is. So I know how I got rid of my ex, Deborah, and how he did me a favor. But why do you think your ex-husband did you a favor?
8: He did me a favor because I got back my self-confidence. He did me a favor because I started writing again, and I launched my writing career. He did me a favor because I got back to who I am and what makes me happy in life. And he did me a huge favor because I am now engaged to an amazing man who makes me a better person, and... The great thing about that is things that attracted my fiancé to me were my confidence, my self-reliance, being happy with myself, and these were the things that were missing in my previous relationship. And then the biggest gift of all I got was my daughter. Mm. She's the gift that keeps giving every day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, daughters are good, always good. And and, uh, you were talking earlier about how to reshape your thoughts and think positively. And and so I have a question for you. How can you take a mistake and turn it into an empowering self-revelation and kind of flip it and make it a positive instead of a negative?
8: There are no mistakes in life, only lessons. We go through so much of beating ourselves up
1: Uh for every
8: little thing that we do All that negative self-talk in our head, and I do it too. It's a practice, and and that's the thing about all this. It's a practice. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. We're all going to keep making mistakes. If you didn't make mistake, you wouldn't learn and grow and keep bettering yourself.
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
8: Absolutely. So beating yourself up for that mistake is not really doing you any good. It it just keeps you spinning. It keeps you spinning in self-doubt and self-criticism and all those things that keep you weighted down. And so I always call mistakes opportunity mistakes because they're giving you a golden opportunity to learn something valuable about yourself. Um, Whenever a mistake happens, I always say, good to know. Okay, that was good to know. I'm going to try not to do that again because that was actually not a smart move or not a good. That right out of my head and say good to know.
4: <laughs> well, Deborah, this is Nathaniel again. So you are, you've already provided me with the advice of you know how to remain friends with your ex that cheated on you and betrayed you and you know all that.
8: So what about? How do you
4: feel about the scenario of the friends with benefits? <laughs>
8: Friends with benefits, I say, is like buying 10 pairs of shoes and then being upset when you get the bill later. It never works to your benefit. Now, I have been there. I have done friends with benefits. It has never turned into a relationship. There may be somebody out there that it has turned into a relationship, but personally, I have never seen it happen. The... And what's Mm -hmm. happening there with the friends with benefits, first of all, you're fooling yourself, you're lying to yourself that you think that this may eventually turn into a relationship. And then you've got oxytocin coursing through your love veins, and no matter how much you try to think that this is no big deal, it always ultimately becomes one because it never progresses into a relationship. And usually one person always ends up getting hurt. So my feeling is if you if you want to go down the friends with benefit thing and you think that, you know, you can handle it, okay. But my feeling is someone always gets hurt in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Yeah, you, you are so right, Debra. Somebody always wound up getting hurt in the end. But don't you think that when people will have friends with benefits because it will keep them from getting hurt, keep them from falling in love, Because if you're not attached to anybody, then you're not going to get hurt.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. This is like putting a Band-Aid on a a bigger problem. (laughs) You know, that wound is just going to get bigger, and you're going to distance yourself from actually having a relationship with somebody who values you, who respects you, who wants to spend quality time with you, and who makes you like my fiancee who makes you a better person. This person is not going to give you what you need ultimately. And absolutely that's a great, excellent, excellent point. Well Deborah
7: did your husband has has your ex husband read your book?
8: Yes. Oh no. I don't know if he's read my book. He knows of my book. I was very okay. that's a good question. Um I I was very <laughs> sensitive and When I wrote the book, um, you know, I poured my heart and soul. And then it's humorous also. It's very much like he's just not that into you, so there's a lot of humor in it. Because I feel like humor, you know, pain and humor are are more digestible together. (laughs) I'd rather be laughing while I'm learning something valuable. Um, So I, I was very sensitive about that because the book did come out about six or seven years after our breakup. And I do talk about the breakup, but I also talk about other relationships that I've had as well, not naming names, (laughs) Um, and all the stories are anonymous anonymous to protect both parties. Um, So, yeah, so I did talk to him about it. I don't think he's read my book, but I was very sensitive to – to just stating the story as it was and then moving on to um, other stories and also how I can help people and my own journey. I mean, the truth is when you go through a breakup, the first thing to do is focus on yourself. What are all the great things that you can do right now? Because you have the time to focus just on your amazing, valuable, incredible self. And what are you going to do with that time? How are you going to use that time? What are you going to focus mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm.
1: Deborah, I have a question for you. Great. I, I really have a question for you. Gotta ask you, and this is one of our viewers' questions. Um, they are coming off a breakup, very much in love with the other person, um, and and they do have that friends with benefits scenario that you mentioned. Um and it's not something at the point they're willing to let go. Um so what is your advice when two people have broken up. They want to move on, but they can't seem to let go of that type of scenario. What's the best advice for them to move on and let go?
8: That is a great question. I had a similar situation to that when I um when I started dating again
6: and
8: this guy broke it off with me but we had a very intense sexual connection and we couldn't let go of it and again this is that that oxytocin that binds you to someone that might not be the best for you and my my greatest advice is to let go of it because you are not doing yourself any favors by hanging on to a relationship that is never going to ultimately serve you. And again, um, going back to who am I, um, start dating again. Start getting out there and meeting new people. Um, Ditch the expectations. This is another advice I have about dating is to make so many people, when they go on dates, they have such high expectations. You know, is this guy going to take care of me? Is he going to have babies with me? Is he going to get in a relationship with me? Just go on dates. And, yeah. and again, where where are you getting your validation for yourself? Is this person really ultimately making you happy? Yeah, he's making you happy in the moment. But I can tell you from my experience, I had more moments where I felt, crappy about myself, and where I was staring at my phone, waiting for him to text, which was sometimes at 11 o'clock at night saying, hey, what are you doing? You want to come over? And I'd hop in the car and go over. Um, I spent more time being heartbroken than Mm -hmm. those moments of exhilaration that I was with him. And ultimately, the relationship ended anyway.
7: Wow. 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 Well, Deborah, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing such great information with us. We really appreciate it. Where can our listeners go to follow you and learn from your book about life, love, and forgiveness?
8: Well, please follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I have a lot of new things coming up. I um, You can sign up on my email list on com. I have a new book, She Did You a Favor, coming out this year. I'm launching a new program called The Favor Effect, 12 Powerful Ways to Create a Favorable Life You Love. It's going to be like such an incredibly exciting year for me. Last year I just hunkered down and here I'm launching everything, like one after another. So wow. it's wow. really, really exciting.
7: Well, we well, we wish you well on all your endeavors And just just keep going. Just keep going. We'll be looking more for your work. Okay? You have a good night. You too. Thank you. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and discuss sex and relationships with Houston Sex Relationship Therapist Ebony Harris. You're listening to Let's Face It Radio. We'll be right back.
6: Our military service members volunteer to protect us in the most dangerous places around the world. They step up. And when they are severely ill or injured, returning to their families is only the beginning of their long road home. Beyond all the hospitals and doctors and surgeries they need just to survive, they also deserve whatever they need to truly live. All the in-home care and day-to-day help they need to live independently, on their own terms. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs were established to provide these brave men and women whatever they need to continue their fight for independence, at no cost for life. So many of them need us, and it's time for a grateful nation to step up. Find out how you can do your part at find wwp.org
9: You listen when your body says I'm tired or I'm hungry Are you listening Would you listen if your body said I have pain and pressure in my abdomen I feel bloated for no good reason, or I get too full too fast. I'm spotting, but I've already gone through menopause, or I have to go to the bathroom more often and more urgently than usual. These can be signs of a gynecologic cancer, like cervical, ovarian, uterine, vaginal and vulvar cancers. Symptoms aren't the same for everyone. If your body says something may be wrong, please listen learn the symptoms, and get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers. Call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Inside Knowledge Campaign and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
3: I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber.
1: A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all
8: the little moments that make up our everyday.
3: Some are good, others not so much.
8: But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty. Something
9: or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right.
3: These are the moments to take a pause.
8: Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia.
3: Or being afraid.
8: It's about standing up and protecting our communities.
3: One detail at a time.
8: Because a lot of little details... Can become a pattern
3: we we we
1: we trust our instincts
3: just like you should
1: because only you know what's not supposed to be in your every day
9: so protect your every day if you see something suspicious say something to local authorities
8: they just told us right away that we're gonna house you we're gonna feed you and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of
6: They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son.
4: We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity
6: of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes, and that's what makes St. Jude so magical.
7: At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live.
3: Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at Saint Jude and our patients come from all over the world.
7: When we
9: come here they told me don't worry everything taken care of. We can never repay Saint Jude for what
0: they've given us.
4: Because of you.
0: Gracias. Because Because of of you, you.
9: There is Saint Jude.
7: Welcome, welcome back everybody. Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. Radio. Yes,
1: it has been a very, very, very interesting night. Um, I think we're still a little bit t- caught between that um, Oscar remark that uh, Nathaniel Whitfield gave us such a good um, synopsis of, as well as the advice, the dating advice we had by Deborah Rogers. Um,
2: um. Did you just put
1: out my name?
2: Uh huh. <laughs> People need to know that was you Lord who said that. Lord. Yeah, they uh-huh. do. Because I'm getting inbox messages <laughs> about that statement, and I made it clear <laughs> that I was not involved in this conversation. I was quiet because I was talking reckless.
4: Well, now I repeat, black folks cannot pass. <laughs> and I repeat, you
1: are wrong. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, I I just I I, I can't. <laughs> I'm a little speechless, and it's hard for me to be spe- speechless. Bugger. Yes, it is. You know what, Will? Oh, i sorry.
3: <laughs> I thought I thought that. I thought I thought that mentally. I'm sorry. You know
1: what? See, see I got something for you. I got something for you coming up, okay? <laughs> this is just for you right here. Ebony Harris is a relationship therapist <sighs> in Houston, Texas, and she's the host of Room for Relations, sex and relationship podcast. Now, she specializes in helping couples and individuals improve their communication and intimacy. And get this, and this is why, Will, I need you to cover your ears, she is currently focusing on how being selfish can save your relationship. So please help me welcome to the show, it's not for you, Will, it's for everybody else. Um, Please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Ebony Harris. Hi. Hi. Good Hi, I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? doing we good. are
6: awesome. Oh, um,
1: that's good. I'm a little afraid with some of these characters to ask you questions. It's um, <laughs> uh, okay, because, you know, if you, you've you been listening to some of the show. They, they, they're out of control, some of them. But we're going to pray no. and we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've listened to some of your podcasts, and you're definitely mm-hmm. someone that doesn't shy away from the topics of sex and relationships. So I have to know, the whole Tashina Arnold case where reportedly she's planning to divorce her husband after
2: finding his sex tape, what is your opinion on that? So I think, okay, so it's hard for me to just give a blatant opinion, but I do feel like it, it that is something that's difficult to overcome. I heard about this story, and when you're in a relationship, you expect, especially a marriage, you expect to have somebody that's going to protect you That's going to make sure that you are taken care of and that, you know, your image is taken care of. And so when you make a tape with someone else, it's kind of like you're being very careless. And Mm -hmm. it feels like you don't care as much as maybe you should because it's one thing to have an affair, which is already bad in itself, but you taped it, so, you know, like, yeah. how much could you possibly care about my feelings and what I'm going through if you have this act of infidelity on tape? So, I I mean, it sounds like she might be making the right choice for herself. I'll say that.
1: And I want to ask, because, I mean, you know, sex tapes a lot of times are something so common right now.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what is your advice on sex tape? Is there a quote-unquote sex tape etiquette? Are there some do's and don'ts to it? for our listening audience that might wind out?
2: I don't know if there's an etiquette, but I do think the first thing is you have to be comfortable with the idea. If you're feeling forced into it, if someone is, you know, trying to use that as a, you know, if you don't do it, I don't know if we can move on into a relationship or anything like that, anything where you feel pressure to do it, then it's probably not something you want to go into. If you're going to do it, do it. Have fun. Enjoy. You know, um, it's just making sure that you trust the person that you're doing it with because it. it you need a lot of trust to be able to have a sex tape with someone because you don't know what that person is <laughs> going to do with yeah. it. You know, there needs to be some discussion about who keeps the tape, what happens to the tape once we're done. You know, do we watch it once a week? I mean, you know, like, what is the plan uh. for the tape after it's over? So I think um, trust and and comfort is the biggest thing. And, again, and if you're going to do it, enjoy it. Make sure the lighting's right and just have a good time. Oh, <laughs>
3: Father. How are you doing, Ebony? This is Will. Hi, Will. How are you? I am doing all right, doing all right. Uh, So I have a question. The question is about, it's from me, it's about myself. So I always try to get as much free advice as I can.
5: So I'm a
3: person in my early 40s, um, Mm -hmm. recently single, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. I keep meeting people who are in their 20s, early, early, early 30s, not typically Mm -hmm. the person who I want to date. What can okay. I do to attract people who are closer to the age range that I want, which is pretty much late thirties, forties, um, even I will go up to maybe fifty? Okay. What am I? Doing? Um, or should I take it you as a compliment? Your time?
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it probably is a compliment. You know, black don't crack, so you probably <laughs> just look really good <laughs> for your age. But where are you spending your free time? If you're and if you're in radio, I would imagine that you're going to all kinds of events and things like that where younger crowds may be. Um, so if you're Every spending year, your free you know what? time... I don't.
3: I don't spend my time. You don't? Oh, okay. so I, I'm full-time work, full-time school, and I have like mm-hmm. a million business ventures that I'm a I'm part of. So I really don't. Uh, most of my so things, I uh, to. I'm dating. Um, online dating, um, I don't go to the club, but when I do go to the club, but that's usually when I meet. And it is a younger crowd at the club. Um, mm-hmm. I normally go like to events at clubs, not party nights, but... Um, to different events that they hold at nightclubs. Um, mm-hmm. So, what do you suggest? I go to well, older places
2: or? I mean, maybe there? older places. I'm just thinking even women in their late 30s and 40s are probably more career driven, so you're not going to usually find them at their clubs because they have stuff to do in the morning. Um, right. So, they can't be right. out all night. Um, also, if you're online dating, I mean, obviously you get an option in that. So, yes, people might be attracted to you that are younger. And, and women supposedly mature faster than men, you know, so that may be why younger women are attracted to you. But I do think that um, the environment, like, you might need to be at the happy hour is more than going out to the clubs or um, right. making sure that you maybe have to blatantly say, this is how old I am. I know I look good for my age, but this is how old I actually am, and this is what I'm looking for. Um, There's nothing ever wrong with honesty and just saying, like, that's not, Exactly the lifestyle I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the 20 party year, part years or anything like that. I'm looking for someone that's more mature. And I'm very like when once we are adults. I'm not a big. I don't think so much emphasis should be on age, um, but more about your maturity level and maturity. Right, right, exactly. And that's
3: what exactly. usually will happen. I'll, I'll, I'll let them know my age, and then you know they try to convince that they're more advanced or more mature for. It. And it's seems mm-hmm. to me, I just feel like I'm. You know, being a pedophile is just kind of nasty. <laughs> well, and now you know.
2: Now you know when they're trying to convince you, it's not real life. They, they still yeah. are
3: immature, and yeah. so you
2: need to look for someone that's in their late 30s. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, Ebony, mm-hmm. this is Nate.
4: How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
4: Really good. So do awesome. you feel that it's wrong to not want the responsibility of a full relationship and be satisfied with just the friends with benefits? Or a side
2: piece? Oh. I, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. I it, Be honest with yourself. I don't think anyone should get into a relationship that's not ready for a relationship because that's when things happen, like cheating. That's when things happen, like, you know, I'm I'm going to spend less time with you because I want to be single, I want to be out with my friends and things like that. So I don't think that there is absolutely anything wrong with if that's all you're looking for, and as long as you're being honest with the person that you're in a situationship, as I like to call them, with, then, you know, it's no reason to, it's no reason for you to pretend like you are ready for something that you're not. So I'm exactly. I'm, I'm very, very open to people doing what is comfortable for them right then and there. So if that means right now I'm into having my friends and benefits, as long as you're protecting yourself and making sure that you're being honest with the other person, there's nothing wrong with that. Awesome. You wanted to hear that, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, who was that last? That was being y'all laughing because that was funny. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to welcome myself to the conversation. I <laughs> did Hey, hey, hey. And, and, and since we have established that friends with benefits is okay, I have a different kind of question for you. So you know the actor Terry Crews, he's married, beautiful wife. Been mm-hmm. married for a very long time. And recently they did this 90-day no-sex challenge where they abstained from having sex. And they Mm -hmm. said that the result was they're more in love now. Um, So my question to you is, do you think we're simply having too much sex? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wow. (laughs) No. I don't, okay, so let me just say I did hear about that, and I thought it was an awesome idea because I do feel like, so it, it depends on your relationship. When you start to notice that you're going through a cycle or that the focus of your relationship becomes very physical when you're not really getting making sure that you're taking care of that person emotionally, then I get why you may need to take a little break. I don't think that that should be um, the rule book for everyone. I think if you are having sex and you are enjoying your sex life and your relationship isn't suffering, then keep going. Don't stop that because we all know that, you know, as much sex as you have at the beginning of your relationship, it tends to wane as time goes on. But if you feel like that has become the focus. And when I listened to the uh, Terry Crews interview, I was wondering if maybe – I know he had kind of said something about – if he would go on a date, what he would think about is like, oh, I'm going to do this so so I can have sex. So I was thinking maybe they weren't having as much sex as they used to, and so a lot of his efforts in the relationship were related to him trying to make sure that he was able to have sex. And so when they took that away, he really focused on what he was doing in the relationship and focused on connecting with his wife in a different manner than sex. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but, no, I don't think there's anything (laughs) that having too much sex is a real thing. Like, as long as that's not, all that you're doing in your relationship, I, if you have sex every day and y'all been together for 10 years, then you keep going and enjoy that. Yes,
7: I agree with you, Ebony. How you doing? This is Capri. Hi, Capri. I, I agree. I mean, hey, I say use it before you lose it because when you get about 70, 80, you're going to wish you had that sex. Exactly. But, <laughs> but I have a question. Please elaborate on what you meant when you said women tend to think – if they are the best at taking care of their men, including sexually, he will not need to seek other
2: mates. So I think you're referring to an article that was about women and their orgasms. And the fact that women, well, like, I think it was like, why aren't women having orgasms or what's the problem? And, as women, we are naturally caretakers, We, and that's not even just in relationships. That's family. That's friends. We are people that, you know, if you haven't eaten in four hours and we cooked, come over and eat. You know, we want to make sure that you're okay, and so sometimes sexually we focus on taking care of other people, people as opposed to what do I need out of this, and I think we put a lot of emphasis on taking care of our men is because we think if we – have great sex And we're doing all these tricks In the bedroom Then they won't cheat And that Is not necessarily the case I would like women To focus more on What do I need To have sexually What do I need To enjoy my sex life What do I need To make sure, make sure I get an orgasm Every time Or a lot of the times <laughs> Um, yes. as opposed to focusing on what what does he need to make him happy. And I'm not saying that's not – it's okay to want to make someone else happy and, and make sure they enjoy themselves, but we put so much emphasis on that, we forget about ourselves. And it's just take care of yourself first. It's like the life mask thing. You take care of yourself first, and then you help the other person out. You
7: know?
5: <laughs> so
2: that's that's what I meant by that.
7: And hmm. you are right. Would you think that women – really need intimacy as well as sex. So it's not just about the sex, it's about the intimacy, because don't that help you get to that point?
2: Yes, and I definitely think people don't know the difference between intimacy and sex. You know, when we hear intimacy, we think, we if nothing else, we think physical. And intimacy is so much more than that. And I think that while sex is enjoyable for everyone, That is a priority more for men, not always, but more for men than it is for women, while women need that intimacy, that emotional connection, and men need the physical connection. Both of those are intimacy, but they're two very different things. So women, we need to be able to talk about certain things. We need to feel protected and vulnerable and, you know, feel like that our significant other will never put us in harm's way or anything like that or feel like I can, if I'm having a hard day, you're the person I'm coming to more than probably that physical touch because that emotional, it, it makes us want to have more physical. It makes us feel more comfortable in, in touching you and kissing you and doing whatever else you want me to do to you. So, yes, I do agree with that.
7: You're right. Well, with that being said, what should the partners focus on in his or her quest to keep their significant other happy,
2: just to keep them? I don't think there's one thing in particular, but I think, like I said, the connection, you want and you want to make sure that you have a safe environment. So many, from what I've experienced in therapy, so many men feel like they can't uh, bring up whatever issues they have with their wife. They can't talk about, you know, whatever stress is going on around them, and it can be based on that relationship or it can be, it can be based on past experiences or whatever, but they feel like there's not a safe environment for them to talk about certain things. If I bring up my frustrations in this relationship, then I'm going to get in trouble. She's going to nag me enough where I just apologize and and move on. So I feel like that's probably a big thing is creating a safe environment, having open communication, and at least I know um, I've heard people say that with their kids, they'll have, like, one day a week where they talk about anything. Whatever you put on the table, you know, you won't have consequences as far as, like, you won't punished or something i think couples need to have that they need to have times when we can have a conversation i may say something that may not i might not say it with the best tact. i might not say it you know or it might be something that might hurt you but i want to be able to tell you this in a manner where it's not where i'm going to immediately be attacked or or, or um mad or anything right after that i think when you create that environment of safety it's it's makes people mm-hmm. feel comfortable in being and saying like I know I can come to her or I can I know I can come to him either way and I don't have to worry about holding things in for fear that I'm gonna be attacked. mhm.
1: Very good. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I I want to ask you about you said you were quoted as saying that the most important career choice you will make is who you marry. Mm-hmm. Please share your insights on that.
2: So that was actually an article that I have read, and it talked about how your significant other affects your career. And I think when I'm thinking about that, I think more about, like, people that are either entrepreneurs or people that are climbing the corporate ladder or whatever that is, the biggest thing we need sometimes is support and The person that's going to be there the most is your significant other, you know. So it is important that when you're picking that person that's going to be in your corner that they're actually in your corner. So many people, you know, in the beginning are like, yeah, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm going to root you on. And then as you start to progress, it if they're not so supportive, you start to make decisions a little bit differently. So this is the person that you're deciding if we're going to stay in the same city. This is the person that you're deciding when we're going to have kids, how are we going to combine finances, things like that. And so if you're trying to be a big dog in your company or in your field, that needs to be the person that is the most supportive to you and understands that I don't plan on just stopping at this level. I want to, whatever, take over the world or whatever that is, and I need you to be okay with that. So I think when it comes to that, when you're picking someone – it it really matters how they show support to you because if they can't be okay with the fact that we might need to move to three different cities in the next six years for me to really grow in my field, then that might not Mm -hmm. be the right person for you if you want your career to be at that level. That's so true. Do you think that for
1: singles there is a possibility that it could be hurting their career, Um, the fact that they're not married? No.
2: <laughs> I, I think that um, if you aren't married, I, I hate to say it like this, but I kind of think it's probably helping you because you don't have attachments. You don't have people that you have to make this decision with. Um, I do I do definitely think that it's good to have someone there that's helping you out because you don't feel like everything is falling on your shoulders. So I, I, I think that that will be a big part of it is, like, if I'm a boss in my career – and i got to take care of this whole house by myself, and i got to take care of all this other stuff, it's good to have somebody that you can lean on. But I also think that, you know, when you are just you by yourself, then I don't have to necessarily, if I decide I want to move to Paris because there's a career opportunity there, I can decide that because I don't have other things to factor in other than if it's best for me as opposed to if it's best for us.
3: So true. Hmm. Really good. Okay, (laughs) well, Thank you so much for giving them some information, but let's get back to my problems, Ebony. Um, <laughs> you know
2: what? Back to you know the Okay, come on.
1: <laughs> yes,
3: yes, the important stuff. So, in your podcast, you were saying, and Alicia also asked our previous guest, "I want to know. This is what I'm having some concern over. Do you really feel that exes, you know, have to be off limits? That you know, they can't be just friends? That's the first part of my question.
2: So. I think that exes can be friends. I think that exes should take a break. <laughs> I don't think it's realistic to for exes to try to be friends right after the breakup. Um, I know some people, and and this is something we we definitely have talked about a lot on the podcast. Some people feel that I'm over it, so we're good, and that's not necessarily the case, you know. Just because you feel like oh, you know, I'm good and we're I'm happy and. and we should better be friends. You can't speak for other people. So, no, I think that you definitely need a break. And, and even if that is the case where both people feel like they're over it, I think you still should take a break. I just, I just do. I think that you should definitely um, try not to communicate, try to try not to do your own thing, because it takes time to heal a breakup. And we know that women get over breakups much faster than men. So a lot of times women would be like, you know, I'm fine cause, because they've been dealing with their breakup probably like three months before the breakup actually happened, you know, and they've been talking to their friends about it. They have their support systems. Men have a much harder time getting over breakups. So just because a woman is saying, yes, yeah, I'm good, we can be friends now, the man may still be struggling with that because they don't have the same support their women do.
3: Okay. So well, what do you do if you're in a situation where, where there's work, whether you have, you know, joint property, you know, kids or whatever, what do you do when you... Not necessarily have to deal with that person, but you you don't want to you don't want to really shut them out. Or in your situation where you work with them and you have to be around them, what do you do? Avoid I them think that, or what?
2: I mean, if you work with them, you can't really avoid them. But I do think that you have to set some boundaries up. There needs to be. Some, you know, look. I know we used to have this type of a relationship before. Right now, I can't have that type of relationship with you. You know, I can. We're all working together. I can. I can do my job. But then after that, I can't sit around and have drinks with you. That I don't feel comfortable doing that. You have to really focus on t- self and what do I need in this situation. And it's okay to be selfish at that point. It's, it's okay if you say, and they feel like, even if they feel like, well, that's not fair. You know, we should better do this. That's not for you to decide. I have to take care of myself, so I have to decide what's best for myself. Um, as the person that's dealing with the breakup, you know, maybe you do need to kind of branch out and find other things, uh, try new things, find new people, start dating, you know, whatever it is to kind of get your mind off of that. Um, I think that it's important that you have your own support system. So 'cause Things are going to happen, especially if you're around each other. They're going to get on your nerves or they're going to do stuff that reminds you and makes you think we should be together, you know, and you really need to have some people that you can go to and like, look, this is what's going on and I need to be able to vent about this and, you know, get it off my mind. Um, But the biggest thing is you need to set your own boundaries. Anybody that's going through a breakup and has to deal with that person, the relationship is going to have to change in some way. You can't pretend like, everything is normal because it's not. We're we're broken up, feelings are hurt. We you know, we're dealing with these emotions that we weren't dealing with two months ago. So no we can't pretend like everything is okay but it's because it's not. Okay. Thank you. You welcome
4: <laughs> So Alicia this is made again. Okay. So you see it on T V and in Hollywood and with the lyrics of songs. People are breaking up a lot these days. Why are there so many relationships in trouble and what are some of the reasons relationships end?
2: Social media, <laughs> uh. like the death of all relationships. At what point Facebook was cited as like the number one reason for divorces, which is crazy. Um, So social media is definitely, that's something new. I mean, it's been around for a minute now, but it's something new that we're dealing with. And we're not quite sure what those limitations are, what the rules are, what is it like if I'm in a relationship and we're on social media and you have exes commenting on your pictures, how am I supposed to deal with that? We're We're not sure of those rules. So I do feel like that plays a big part. Another part is that we see our options a lot more, and so we don't work as hard on those relationships. So social media, online dating, I can see all these people that fit my criteria, my little list that I have of what I want in a partner. So if you're not acting right, that's okay. I can go back and look at this list of people, all my friends on social media and their friends and friends, and I can see you you see those options a lot more. Even if it's not real-life options, even if you don't know if that would ever work, it it makes you feel like I have more options than I did before so I don't have to work as hard in these relationships. Um, and then I think, I mean, just normal stuff, even before social media, we get into relationships quickly sometimes, and we don't really get to know the people as well as we should have. Um, so I think those are kind of what causes the breakup. So people just don't really know who they're dating sometimes. Well, now that you are stepping on my toes, I'm going to move on to um, a listening audience question. Their question okay. is, our relationship has cooled off and we miss the passion. We still love each other, but we're like roommates. Where do we go wrong? Can we ever get the passion back? Definitely. I think that couples that lose the passion, which is normally the first thing that happens, with, people tend to get into routines. So even even the good morning kiss and the, or the goodbye kiss and the I love you become very routine. Um, mm-hmm. And so that means that you need to incorporate new things in your relationship. You need to make sure that y'all are trying something new together, taking an adventure, solving a problem. And you also need to make sure that you are making an effort to connect with that person every day, whether that means randomly holding their hands or, you know, random kisses and hugs, anything that kind of brings that spark back. I'm a 100% believer, and that's what I focus on is, getting the intimacy and the passion back, but you it does take work. Passion doesn't last forever. So if that's what you want, you have to kind of put the work in and make sure that you're spending time focusing on that, even if that's like we're going to turn the TV off 30 minutes early and go to bed to talk, maybe talking will lead to something else. Who knows? But, you know, people tend to be so consumed in TV and social media right until the time they go to bed. It's like when do we time, have time to connect with each other? So I think finding that time to really – make sure that we are making sure that our relationship is, is passionate and connected and that we're doing things together will enhance the passion that maybe you feel like it's missing.
7: You're right. You're right. Ebony, this is Caprice again. You are right about the passion because it, it needs to come back. It does need to mm-hmm. come back, not just, not just in the bedroom, though. It needs to come back outside holding hands in the living room, not just the bedroom. Exactly. But, yeah. but people always have an opinion, you know, about relationships. But you wrote in your article on whether you should stay after someone has cheated on you. Mm-hmm. You said no family member, friend, or therapist can tell you whether or not you should stay or leave after an affair. Can a relationship ever be fixed once an affair has taken place?
2: It can. It just it takes a lot. And I think people – so, of course, as a therapist, I tend to see – People at that point. People don't come to me when, like, oh, we're having these issues. It looks like it's going to be bad. They they keep trying. They don't want to talk to anybody. Once the affair happens, once a big event happens, that's when they come to me. And I don't think people re- recognize how much work it takes to overcome that because at that point, whatever idea you have of your, of your relationship has completely been shattered, and you have to kind of start all the way over with rebuilding a relationship. That means, no, we're not going to get back to the relationship we had before the affair. Honestly, that's probably not the relationship you want because that relationship led to the affair, you know. So you have to really work hard at rebuilding a relationship. And so I do think that it's a very personal choice as to whether or not you are going to move forward in that relationship. I think there are certain things that you should look for as to whether you should move forward in the relationship. If if I'm the person that was cheated on, I need to make sure that the person that cheated on me is sincere, that they truly are sorry and willing to put in the work, and they've taken responsibility for what they've done. Because an affair is is – It's breaking the rules. If we, unless we're in an open relationship, if we have not discussed that it's okay for you to sleep with other people or have an emotional connection with someone else, then you have broken a rule. And once you break a rule, I can't trust anything that you've done at that point. So it's going to take a lot to build back that trust. It takes transparency, which a lot of people that have had affairs can't do because, they're scared. They're so scared that if I tell you everything, you're going to leave. They're always trying to protect, protect, protect. But if we're trying to build, you have to be 100% honest about what happened and you have to let me know, you know, everything. And I should be able to ask you any question without it becoming defensive, without it becoming um, mm-hmm. where you're feeling attacked. I mean, you may feel attacked, but, you know, it is what it is. You cheat it. So <laughs> you have to. I have to be able to ask whatever questions I need to ask to get me to the point that I need to be so we can move forward.
7: And that is so right. Trust. That's going to actually. It takes longer to build trust than it does a relationship. Because you could be in a relationship with somebody and just don't trust them.
2: So how yeah. long do you think it takes for that trust to come back? Because that's what's going to hold the relationship. It depends because in the beginning we're kind of focused on the person that cheated, and that's the per- that's where a lot of the the work comes in. Is like, look, I might pick up your phone randomly one day because I'm feeling a trigger. I'm feeling a a tinge of um uncomfortable being uncomfortable, so I might need to pick up your phone and say, like, okay, let me look at your phone real quick. You know, so that takes a while. I I can't even put a number on that. But then after some time, then the person that has been cheating on has to start to say, even when I feel that, I have to let that go. Have they done anything? Start looking at signs, start understanding, you know, what does it look like when, why am I feeling insecure at this moment? Oh, because, when he cheated on me the last time, he used to flip his phone over. Okay, so address that. Address, I'm feeling insecure right now because this is what <laughs> happened before. You know, um, it's, I think it. a lot of times people think it's just the person that cheated that has to do the work, but the person that was cheated mm. on probably has to do the most work
1: because they that's have right. to
2: learn how to forgive that and to really believe that when that person tells you something is happening, that's really what's happening. And so after a few months of, you know, the other person really working, then that's when it comes to the person that's been cheating on to start working. So I don't have a set
3: time. It just depends on the couple. Okay. So, Ebony, this is me again. Will, I have some more issues. Okay. <laughs> okay, so with the online dating things, you know, most people put up their their best picture regardless of whether it's 30 years ago or not. And so, like, <laughs> if you meet these people and things don't go off like they 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 expected them to. What is the nicest thing to do to let them know that you're just not that into them? Because I'm a very nice person, and a lot of times mm-hmm. I can get accused of leading people on because I just don't want to say, no, I don't, I don't like doing that." So what what is the best way to say, you know, I just want to be friends, or perhaps you know, pen pals no, or something no. like that? But I'm just not, I'm just no. not doing it. <laughs>
2: So I am a big believer in honesty. And I know people tell, I've heard many who say, no, you don't always have to be honest. And I'm not saying, like, I love to say they blunt, but it's really kind of rude. I don't need you to be blunt with me, you know, but I do need you to be honest. If you're not interested, you're going to have to say, I no longer think we have a future together. And they, it might hurt their feelings. They might, you know, feel upset or whatever, but there's nothing wrong with, Again, taking care of yourself There's nothing wrong with me deciding This is not the right situation for me I need to move on And if you word it in a manner of You know, I don't see a future here I'm not interested in pursuing anything further It's kind of hard to argue with that Like what are they going to say Well, I can prove myself to you Okay, but I I don't want want that, you know So I do think sometimes we get so caught up in being nice And and not Uh wanting to think we're mean That we, you know we're trying to protect everybody else instead of taking care of ourselves. So you have to really be able to say, like, look, this is not what I want. I think you're awesome. I hope you find somebody for you, but I don't think this is the right situation for me or the right relationship for me. And and that's, that's the pretty much the only way it's going to happen with uh, being direct. Cause, you know, you can't say, like, well, we'll see, or I'm not sure. No, you need to be direct and say, I don't want this. <laughs> you know, in a, a direct but sincere way, and I, I don't I can't see how someone can argue with it. Some people will try, but your yes, and, and, Yeah, I've
3: had someone <laughs> ask me why over and over again, and I was just like, I'm just not interested. Why? Oh. And I was like, you know, you're just not Did my place. Do you teammate. know why, why you didn't want to tell them? Yeah. <laughs> this is an old white person. I just, I'm just not that interested. <laughs> so, you are
2: physically
1: attracted? But you not to there was no
3: physical attraction. I didn't want to seem shallow, even though it was a shallow. I mean, I hadn't even gotten to know the person enough to even go deeper and say, well, you know, you have a nice personality. Just at first glance, no. Absolutely not. So and I mean, I and I hate you know. to
2: say it like that. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to say like you're unattractive. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think it's like use sexual chemistry because you can be physically attracted to someone and not have sexual chem- chemistry with them. So I don't have sexual chemistry with you. You are awesome. You seem like you might be a really nice person. I feel no sexual sexual chemistry, and I'm of the of the belief that you can't build it. Me personally, I think you can, but that's a good reason. <laughs> okay. That I'll is. do that. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, Deborah, I have two questions from the audience. Um, i just like to put out the disclaimer that I work for the show, so I have to ask the questions that they put in. It's not my fault. <laughs> the first Dumb one is, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the? The first one was, can too much masturbation hurt your sex life?
2: Yes and no. Is this a woman or a man? <laughs> they did. That's <laughs> Okay. Did so testifying. yes and no. Um, I I worked with sexual dysfunction before, and I have definitely worked with men that masturbate to porn a lot, and they masturbate to hardcore porn, and okay. it affects the way they are in their sexual relationships. It, it affects what, what turns them on. It affects to you know what gets them to the point of ejaculation. It affects all of that. So definitely, depending on what you're using for your masturbation, um, and yes, if, if I don't want to say it's just men, but from what I can, from what I have experienced, it is a lot of times men do. Well, I would say either because even women, I've heard women that are watching out of porn, like they don't get as turned on when they're in a normal situations. So yeah, I feel like I'm not against porn. I don't think there's anything wrong with porn, but I do think that people sometimes people use that too much where normal life situations mm-hmm. doesn't get them excited enough. So mm-hmm. yes but I, I, I encourage women a lot of times to have issues with orgasm to masturbate more, so that's why I say yes and no. Oh father
1: <laughs> Well the <laughs> next question you would probably enjoy. Um okay the next our listener's question was, I'm trying to keep a straight face, is it inviting trouble and dishonesty in your relationship if you and your mate choose to participate in threesomes, if it excites you both?
2: No. The issue with threesomes is that a lot of people use it to try to save their relationship. If you both mm. are just interested in trying something new in the bedroom and you all discussed it and it has been, you know, this is a curiosity, and you set some rules around it, I don't think that that's necessarily the issue. It's when we are invited someone because he is dissatisfied or because he wants, you know, this. So, you know, that's when it becomes an issue. That's when it becomes insecurities flare up, and and what is she doing, why she's doing that better than me, and, you know, all those things. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, we both are interested in trying this. We wanna ask someone new. We've talked about it. We trust each other. We we know that we can talk have honest conversation about it. No, I've I've always believed that people in open relationships probably have better communication than anyone else I know. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> Okay. Think that.
1: And then I mm-hmm. guess I,
2: we have time
1: for these. It was two that were similar. Um the first one was I, was how can you tell the difference between a deal breaker and a small Compromise to save the relationship And then one that was really close to that On the same lines is What if we hurt each other so much That it feels irreparable Once the relationship is ended Can couples usually reconcile Or is it better
2: to walk away Okay so what's the first one with the deal breaker It depends on if it's your deal breaker or Well regardless, if, if, there There is I think people get confused about what a deal breaker is And a deal breaker it's usually something that you know up front. It's it's not like something that develops over time, and I think some people have told themselves so much that this is my deal breaker that when they're faced with the situation and it's a, it's something like well I'm kind of still interested, then that's probably not a deal breaker. You know, what? you you still want that, so that's it, it doesn't sound like that's a deal breaker. That sounds like something that you prefer, but you're you're willing to compromise on that. Um, but there is nothing wrong with deal breakers. I think you have to be clear on what you know you can handle. If you know that you're somebody that cannot handle infidelity, then that should be a deal breaker. Don't try to be in a relationship for a, a year later, knowing that trust for you can never be rebuilt, or knowing that that's something that you will always have a problem with. Maybe it's because of your past or whatever, but that is a deal breaker, and you should move on from that. Um, as far as the doing something that's that bad that it hurts, um, or it feels like it's not like you said irrevocable is that what you're saying Mm -hmm. sorry okay um Um, i think that's probably what they meant yeah okay so i i think that communication before you decide to move on is important make sure that y'all are communicating honestly and with as little emotion not you're going to have emotions there but we're not communicating through anger a lot of times people make decisions through anger. A lot of times people, you know, I'm going to break up with them today because I'm so mad, and it's like, okay, but tomorrow you'll be calm and you'll be okay. So don't make those big decisions out of anger. Make sure that when you're making that type of decision, you're in a rational rational state. When our emotions are high, our, our cognition and our intelligence are very low. So when we're angry, we can't even think. I'm, I'm sure everyone that's listening has been in an argument where you're so angry you can't even get the words out straight. That's because your mm-hmm. intelligence has went down a few points, you know. So trying to make decisions in those moments is not the best best way to do that. So take some time. Really try to communicate what the problem is. What are your emotions about the problem? What is the other person's emotions about the problem? If somebody's being defensive or attacking, we don't need to talk about this right now because we're not going to get anywhere. We need both people to be calm so we can actually decide is can we move forward from this or not. Um, a lot of things seem hard to move past when you're in those emotions, but then once you've kind of calmed yourself down and gotten out of that, you might see, like, okay, you know, we can work through this. We can make this happen. Um, I'm not saying if something's happening all the time, yes, that might be a sign that you can just go away, but I, I feel like a lot of times people see things and they're like, oh, I can't move past that. And then three months later they're like, mm, I probably could have dealt with that, or you know. So just try right. not to make those decisions out of the anger. Make it once you're calm and you've really been able to discuss what's happening.
4: Hey, Ebony, this is Nate. I have a quick okay. question, okay? Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, if you found someone that you like, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys had a conversation and it meets your standards. Um, mm-hmm. But something about that person says, I'm just not into you. What's the difference between persistence and stalking?
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> so,
2: so everyone should respect what someone says to them. If they say, I am not interested, please respect that and walk away. I, I know everybody mm-hmm. sends those what's up texts or what you've been up to. I, I know that. You know, every three months later, you send a random text just to, you know, fill the water, see if it's warm or not. Um, but if you, if the person is being clear that they do, are not interested in talking to you anymore, mm-hmm. and you're continuing but they have, they, to they, contact they are them, they're being evasive. What do you mean evasive? Like they're not so responding? They respond,
4: but they respond when they want to respond. So okay, so I have a friend that mm-hmm. I tell him that he fall, he fall for his partners too easily,
6: mm-hmm. right?
4: So he's currently speaking this one person, and I was telling him just to have fun and enjoy it, but he already like in love. But mm-hmm. what happens is, like, he was send a message, and he may not respond for three or four days. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, and so when he's telling me this, in my head, I'm saying he's just not that into you. Yes. But what it sounds like. But you feel persistent in building the relationship. So my, sounds like, I'm trying to figure out what my advice should be.
2: That definitely sounds like a – and it sounds like you gave great advice of enjoy it. It sounds like your wow. friend needs to focus more on himself and what makes him happy as opposed to the other person. Um, I mean – This isn't new. We all have friends like that that, you know, get caught up in a situation and they don't let it go when it seems like it's kind of fizzled at that point. Um, I don't know if you can really say anything to really sway him, but Mm -hmm. I mean the best thing you can say is just, you know, I want you to be happy and this situation does not sound like it makes you happy. Um, Exactly. It's clear to him. I, I just, I don't know your friend, but I'm assuming that he knows, you know.
6: He, exactly. he,
2: he knows, but he's not ready to let that go. So the most you can do is just be there for him because if somebody's not ready to let it go, they're going to keep going until it's so clear where either the other person has made it so clear or something has happened that made it so clear that they have to let it go, they'll keep going. So um, he doesn't sound like a stalker, but he sounds like he may just need to learn uh, a little bit more about what he needs to do to make himself happy instead of focusing on how other people can make him happy. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. I I'm just Mm -hmm. done. I I I'm done by stalker, but okay. (laughs) As I I wipe the tears from my eyes, Um, Ebony, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show, Um, sharing such great information. Yes, I mean great information, and you managed to hang in there with a bunch of crazy people. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is my favorite type of conversation. So. So where can our listeners go to to follow you and and hear more from you?
2: So they can go to EbonyHarris.com. It's E-B-O-N-I-H-A-R-R-I-S.com um, to kind of see what I've been up to. If they would like to sign up for the newsletter in the next 24 hours, I'm willing to give a free e-book, 30 Days of Intimacy, to help you increase mm-hmm. your love and passion within your relationships. So I'll send that to anybody that signs up for the newsletter in the next 30 days, as well as listen to the podcast, Room for Relations. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, and it comes out every single Monday. Oh,
1: okay now. So we're going to have to do that because I know at least one (laughs) cast member who would love to have your e-book. They they need to know about the
2: the intimacy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: not gonna name no names, but after this discussion, I'm sure you know who that is.
2: <laughs> so anyway,
1: <laughs> we thank you again, Ebony, and have an awesome night. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Wow. Alicia,
4: um, I'm so I'm I'm just glad my phone was on mute because I wanted to say something.
3: <sighs> <laughs> Alicia always running her mouth.
4: I'm so glad that she says what she says because she just goes for the punch, and
3: I love it. Yes. I'm going to get it. I'm going
4: to
5: get it,
3: honey.
5: Mm,
3: mm. I'm going to get you, baby. (laughs) Ms. Danielle, would you like to give us some information about the Who's Loving Networking um, event? I have
2: to get my thoughts together now because y'all got Mm -hmm. me on the up in head with these conversations. (laughs) Okay. 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 So the Who's Love and Networking is a small business expo for anybody who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur or you're already an entrepreneur and you're struggling with reaching your ideal customer, specifically if you're struggling with social media, website development, engagement, those kinds of things. We are going to be tackling those issues. You're going to have the opportunity to be in a breakout session to gain some information. You're going to be donating to two nonprofit organizations, the Stanhope House and Achievable Greatness, because all the ticket sales, despite the cost to pay for the event, are going to be donated. Um, So you're given to a good cause, you're getting some information, and you have the opportunity to promote your business. So this is the final, final week for me to gain sponsors, whomever's interested in actually selling their products at the event. This is the final week, because I have to get you on the brochure and get it out to print. Um, But the general admission tickets are on sale all the way up to February the 5th. The event takes place on February 6th, which is a Saturday, at ECPI University. It's from 11 to 3 p.m., and it's here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So if you're interested in purchasing a ticket or being a sponsor, I need you to send me an email at info at com, and I'm going to spell it out for you because I got one of those names. It's I N F O at D A N I E L L E B O O S E dot com. If you let me know you listened on the air tonight, I'll take $10 off the ticket price, so you'll get it for $25. But I need to know that you listened, so you have to type in Let's Face It Radio so I know you heard on air. And I hope well, to see you there. That's
3: awesome. Doing big things. I'm so proud of you. So, Caprice, thank you. thank you again for coming on the show. Did you have fun?
7: I did. I did. I enjoyed myself. It was fun. It was informative. It was just great. Great conversation. Learned yes, a lot. Yes, it was.
3: Yes, ho- hopefully you'll come back. So Anytime time
7: I'm asked, I'm here.
3: That's good. That's good. Anybody have anything good coming up this weekend? Before I mean this week? Anything? Yes,
2: tomorrow is Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I will be out um, celebrating his life, his legacy, and actually volunteering some of my time. So I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to doing that. Yes, I, you know I'm yeah. about community building, so that's my thing. So and his birthday is a good day to actually help out in the community. So I'm looking forward to doing yes, that. Yes, it my is. Day. Yeah.
3: Is anybody going to any breakfast celebration or anything? All right.
5: Yeah,
4: I am. I have a long, I have a long event tomorrow, like so many events tomorrow. It's like, oh. yes, I have a breakfast uh-huh. at seven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some colloquium that they're having, colloquium. I have, I have
3: oh, I before. love colloquiums.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, ha- that they're having a luncheon. Then I have to go back to the school for the actual speaking, so I'll be busy all day.
3: Oh. It's gonna be fun
4: okay. though. I'm excited. I'm excited. Exactly. Nate, are
3: you doing anything tomorrow? Yes, I am. Um, oh, you are. That's great.
4: Tomorrow is Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, <laughs> so I will be doing a lot of resting in peace. I we going to say. I'm done. I'm done.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm done. Lord, I mm-hmm. 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 well, mm-hmm. well, I hope everyone, I have no clue of what next week's mm-hmm. show is about. Um, Lisa, I mean, Alicia, do you know? I don't know. Oh, it's gonna which, be a We have been booking too. people left and right through June, so I really don't know what next week is or who's going to be on it, but it's going to be great. I can guarantee yes. you that. <laughs> he don't
5: Thank know you. who it
3: is, but it's going to be great. That's beautiful. I don't know who it is. Yeah, just tune that in so next
5: beautiful. week. <laughs> rock the boat, rock the boat, rock the boat. Yeah. But
3: until <laughs> next week, everybody, y'all be safe. And um, what's to say? I think tomorrow is a day off. But what is it, what did it say? The day off, but not a day on. or something for Martin Luther King. You
0: don't know what it says? No, exactly. A day off, but not a day. A day on, not a day
3: off or something like that? Yeah, something like Baby, that. Do I something, didn't do that. Do something that for that the okay. community. Something
4: Watch. for the community. Do something for the right. community. Do something <laughs> for the
1: community. To
4: honor All his right. legacy, yeah.
1: yes. Yes, yes, To honor his legacy. Yes. And then going to
3: go to the club. Or thank Nate. <laughs> oh, shit. Or this, Nate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> Rock the
7: boat Rock the
4: boat Y'all have a good
3: night Love you And (laughs) until next week Be blessed
4: Bye Bye -bye. We
0: hope you've enjoyed This episode of Let's Face It With Will Strayhorn and Friends We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com For up-to-date information On future shows Special guests Advertising opportunities And exciting interactive ways That you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.